0: Cash, not trash, a shift in fear. Death ceiling debate. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We got a lot going on. Let's get right to it. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Danny. Dave funnels our President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. So we had a down day on Friday, but an up week. And so that was good news, even though we ended on kind of a downer as the Democrats and Republicans have hit an impasse.
2: Well, and the NASDAQ for the first time in 18 months made a new all time high this week. Small cap stocks bounced as well. And, you know, in light of all All of the negativity concerning the recessionary fears and inflation and the like, the market has really been resilient.
1: And you talk about, you know, we're talking about NASDAQ stocks and really the big S&P 500 companies really are determinant of where we are up over 8% for the year. But you take those big names out and it's a different story.
2: Right. If you take out the companies that are most directly affected by artificial intelligence, the S&P 500 is down 2% for the year. And this is, you know, Dave, you often say I'm a reform mutual fund manager. But when you think about it, the retail investors, has an advantage. If you're a mutual fund manager and you don't own those big stocks, those big large cap growth stocks, and you're a growth manager, you're going to get fired.
1: And you think about you know where we have been with quantitative easing and all that free money, and now we have quantitative tightening. And really what that is, I know we've talked about that a lot, but the Federal Reserve has a balance sheet, and now they were, were building up this balance sheet to more than $9 trillion. And now they're letting that balance sheet roll off. In other words, as these bonds come due, they're just not renewing those. So that is really kind of a tightening process at the same time. But the reason why I bring it up is because all of this free money has come to an end.
2: Right, and the the thing with this debt ceiling is adding a new wrinkle to that. Because the Treasury is not able to issue Treasury securities and raise capital, they're having to spend down their cash account, and that is injecting liquidity, which for the most part right now is offsetting what the Fed is trying to do. That will change once the debt ceiling deal is
1: passed. You know, we talk a lot about what the Fed was doing, of course, and that they were buying mortgage-backed securities. You know, about two-thirds were Treasuries and about one-third were mortgage-backed securities. And that is going to be an issue, of course, because people need to refinance for those to be in a market in that space as well. And so that, I think that could be an issue down the road.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I saw today that mortgage payments on a median home hit an all-time high today of $25.66 a month. So houses are not affordable. There's a lack of inventory. Many people are handcuffed because they've got great uh, mortgage rates and they don't want to move unless they can do a cash deal, of course. So younger folks who are trying to you know buy their first home are having a very difficult time.
1: You know, Danny, you talked about cash is not trash. That is really the story. And we all remember the Banking crisis that kind of brewed up about a month ago. And, you know, it really wasn't, uh, you know, the old days of a bank run because of the fact that people could sit on their phones. And that's really what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. $42 billion came out in 24 hours and nobody stood in line at the bank. They did it over the phone. What we're seeing now, Derek, is a bank walk, I like to say, because people are taking their money out and finding higher interest rates other places.
2: Right. I mean, when you think about it, the long term expectation for the S&P is about 9% per year. Well, a six month T-bill yields about five. So you take no risk and you, you earn two thirds of the return you would get on the S&P 500. And perhaps when, when the dust settles and maybe after we have a recession or when they're, we're in the midst of one, then you you know reload, you sell that T-bill and you go in and buy stocks on sale.
1: Now, we're not trying to tell you that you should time the market, but there certainly is the days of just buying the S&P 500 exchange-traded fund and setting it and forgetting it are really kind of moving away from us and you're really going to have to start doing some work if you're doing this on your own or if your advisor has just put it in a set it and forget it portfolio. We do think the thesis has changed.
2: Right, I mean, one of the one of the key cogs in our team, Jason Cooper, does a fabulous job listening to conference calls, digging in on the details, looking, doing credit analysis, trying to figure out whether companies that don't make money will survive or those that do will have the free cash flow in order to build their operations, do MA and grow in the future.
1: So that is the reason why we talk about this, folks. And when we say the thesis has changed, it really means you need to go through that portfolio and you should understand what you own, why you own it and how much you're paying for it. And these are really important times to go through this. We do think we're going to have a bumpy week and a bumpy quarter, especially as this debt ceiling debacle begins to heat up.
0: Derek Felske, our chief investment officer. Dave Spano, our president and CEO. Derek mentioned the investment committee, Dave, and you have built that team pretty solid, including our own Brian Jacobson, who was on CNBC on, what's their noon show? Their their noon show on Thursday. Yeah, which, he, know, was on,
1: he was on that. He was on Fox. He was on Shutter TV. Yeah.
0: Our Week in Review, always available on demand. Spotify, at the top of the hour, the Axiom newsletter, wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday, May 21st, Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back, 92.5 Fox News. Saturday, May 20th, Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back on 620 WTMJ. We're back. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. That's what Annex Wealth Management does as a fee-only fiduciary. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Our chief investment officer in the studio is Derek Felsky, Dave Spano, president and CEO.
1: You know, we get a lot of questions uh, throughout the week, and it's really a good time to share some of those. And of course, a lot of questions about the banking crisis. And we saw on Friday afternoon that Janet Yellen, the treasury secretary, said she's not opposed to JP Morgan getting bigger. And what that really means is, is there may be some more banks that JP Morgan may have to pick up.
2: Right. I mean, we have, I mean, the number of banks is dramatically reduced. I think it was 9,000 about 20 years ago. It's down to about 4,000 now. But the thing about our banking system that's kind of unique is when you're a local business, you like to work with a local banker. You don't want to work with one of the big four as a headquarters in New York. So there is strength in that. And that and that could potentially lead to a bit of a credit crunch, if, we, if you will, if more and more of these smaller regional banks are gobbled up by the big guys like JP Morgan and Bank America.
1: So we're going to certainly watch that. And is there a banking crisis? No, but as I alluded to earlier, we think there was probably a bank walk versus a bank run. In other words, people taking their money out of low-yielding instruments and putting them in an opportunity, as Derek pointed out, to treasuries that is between 4 and 5%. So we'll watch that carefully. And the other big story that we're certainly getting a lot on is AI. You can't turn around and not hear about ChatGPT or what AI is doing. And that really is the reason why we saw a lot of these tech stocks run year to date
2: right you can now get the chat gpt app on your iphone and soon you'll be able to get it your android so i'm sure that's going to spur more interest in this phenomenon the thing about it is that yes In the long run, it will enhance productivity for companies. It will certainly enhance uh, the balance sheets of some of the companies that are most exposed to AI. But again, what valuation are you willing to pay and over what time frame? Because these stocks are very volatile. I remember in 1999 when Jeff Bezos was the man of the year and they talked about online retailing and how big that was going to get. Well, the stock... 18 months later was down 94%.
1: You know, I do remember, of course, when you were running a tech fund back around 99, 2000, not a great time to be a tech fund manager. And that's the reason why I say what I say about a recovering fund manager. But of course, you think about also about Pets.com. You talk about Amazon, but Pets.com, it was the Pets.com Super Bowl. And of course, uh, they went away quickly after that. But the idea that AI is at the forefront is probably true. And we're going to see some things, but it may be a little bit early until we get some regulation around
2: it right and and so one thing i would i would advise investors if they're trying to play that theme picks and shovels is a good way to go so look for companies that actually make the products or the semiconductors that can power the need for more power, whether it's a memory producer, a GPU producer, or the rest. But pay attention to valuations because these stocks are volatile. Uh, they're not going to see these earnings hits in the near term. They're going to see them, you know, two, three, four, five years away. Just be careful because a lot of
1: times there's hype, but not much substance. So you go into the summer and we're going to see some volatility and we certainly the most expected recession in our careers, which means there's probably an opportunity set as well. Anytime you see everyone afraid of one things. Maybe it's not large cap domestic equities, but there certainly is opportunities down capitalization. What I mean by that is small caps, perhaps even international and fixed income are places to look. Well,
2: as an example, if you think about international companies and what they might be able to do with AI, a lot of these companies trade at much lower valuations than we do in the U.S. They trade, it, they offer much higher dividend yields, and they're going to benefit like this, just like everyone else will. So, you know, international equities continue to be a theme of ours from a tactical perspective. We've recently added some exposure there, and we believe the valuation opportunities are are really strong.
1: I did a presentation this week, and we do do that. If that's something that you want, uh, reach out to us. We're often doing these presentations, but one of the things, Derek, that I said, which was important, is don't anchor yourself of what could happen at the end of 23 or to 24. Look through that. See through that six months, one year, three years out. That's going to give you the best opportunity set going forward. And folks, I can't say, Enough. Know what you own, why you own it, and how much you're paying for it, and make sure it is part of a full-scale wealth management plan.
0: Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Thanks for jumping on. My pleasure. Dave, do you think that uh, AI is going to be bigger than five G? <laughs> I, I mean, tongue in cheek. Remember how big five G and yeah. it was going to change everything. Well, you know, right?
1: it's one of those things that the technology and you know, as Derek pointed out, I remember when they held up iPhone number one, and you know, people yeah. scoffed at it. But look, look at it now around the world and what the technology that that has brought.
0: What Annex Wealth Management does is investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. Use the entire team. It's deep, it's smart, it's capable, it's ready. Head to our website. It's the Get Started button. That's what you want to click on the weekend. No matter where you are in your investment and retirement journey, we're ready to meet you where you are. We're going to take a break and be back with that next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 925 Fox News. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? We took a call recently on a radio show, and the caller was a couple of years away from retirement. And he asked an interesting question. Basically, it was, so when should I get in and talk with you guys? If I remember correctly, he was like
3: 62, something like that. Right, Mark Beck? Yeah, that was a good call. And I remember my answer there was, you should be starting to build this relationship as soon as you're ready. And what do I mean by ready? When you're ready for advice. And I think that's important. So wherever you are, when you get to that spot where you're thinking about, should I be getting some advice? That is the spot to be starting. Mark Beck
0: is Managing Director, of Wealth Management Services, Annex Wealth Management. When I heard that, I thought about where he was on the path and how we'd have a different planning process with him than, say, somebody in their 30s or 40s, or maybe somebody in their 70s. And that is custom and comprehensive
3: wealth management and planning, right? It certainly is. Other people would answer that you should start as early as possible. And I think the problem with that answer is some people aren't ready. So when you're younger, maybe you're not thinking about it big picture. You should be starting to save, but maybe you're not ready for advice. So across that spectrum, though, planning can look different at Annex Wealth Management, we'll meet you
0: where you're at, and it's different for everybody. Mark, let's say somebody engages Annex Wealth Management in their
3: 30s or 40s. What is our process with them? So, 30s and 40s, what we're looking for here is starting to establish habits and targets. So, it's a little bit harder to talk to somebody that's you know 40 years old and say, okay, pin down exactly when you're gonna retire and exactly what you need for living expenses, because they're thinking, all of these things are gonna change so much between now and maybe when I'm 65 years old. But what we can do is back into that and say, here's what you're on track for right now. And if you want the target to look a little bit different, then we need to make some adjustments. So effective use of resources, establish great savings habits, make sure that we're investing well, make sure that you know what you're on track to accomplish over time and think about big picture goals. That's kind of where you want to be in your 30s and 40s. Okay, next step, somebody's in their 50s. They've been working longer. Their kids might be in college. Retirement is looming in the distance, but not so far away. You know, 50s is where we start to think about what's next. What are the things I've been missing or what can I do that's beyond – the basics I have been accomplishing. So we might have a little bit more income. We might be moving beyond just max funding 401ks, for example, and start to build some additional investment savings elsewhere. You know, you're probably executing on college strategies at this point and getting people kind of through that and making sure that the family is, you know, successful and financially secure and, you know, and those kinds of things. And so now those targets are becoming a little bit more tangible, but again, we're building a little more sophistication into how we're building the nesting.
0: Then let's get to that caller who was just a couple of years away from retirement. Somebody comes to us at that point in their life. How is it
3: different or what are we working on with them? It starts to feel like it's all coming together yeah. at this point. So now we're building sort of the transition plan. Okay, so I'm a couple of years from retirement. Where's my income gonna come from? What do I need to do to prepare? What are some of the decision making points I'm going to need to hit And how do I get ready for those kinds of things? Are there different sequences of events that I can put together that are gonna you know, benefit me, that are gonna help move the needle in my favor? And that's everything from which accounts I'm gonna count on first, to the tax planning ramifications of that, to preparing for health insurance and where it comes from, and of course to preparing for things like making good social security decisions. Mark Beck is Managing Director, Wealth Management Services at Annex Wealth Management. We meet our clients where
0: they're at. And I know we work with new clients who are already retired. What happens when that happens? And there's maybe an existing plan from somewhere else or maybe because of poor service
3: or lack of connection, they come to us or maybe not a plan at all. You know, oftentimes not a plan at all. We do see that. Uh, you know, It has happened occasionally where someone has been getting some financial planning advice. They're looking for something a little bit deeper or more engaging than sort of the superficial level that maybe they've been experiencing. It, it's easy for us when you've got your current financial plan because all the data, mm. the inputs basically are right there. So that's sort of the raw materials. We can take that and really start to work with it. But moving the needle in terms of doing the math in this type of situation, you're already retired. Are you really thinking about planning ahead for, you know, the tax ramifications of required distributions, you know, the charitable aspect of things like qualified charitable distributions? You know, all of that really becomes, you know, so important in that phase. And if you're already retired, folks, don't think it's too late at all. We want to see you. Oh, absolutely. And even in those retirement years, there are so many really cool things that we help people with that are impactful. And that's beyond just, by the way, managing the investment portfolio. A big part of what we do, steer manage and help people towards best outcome, which means help manage your kind of psychology of investing. How do we do that? Build the framework around it well in advance of market volatility. So protect liquidity, for example, where's the short-term money come from? Build the income buckets, make sure you stay focused on the growth, where the growth needs to be, and therefore no anxiety around market volatility. My dad came to Annex in his 80s. He had moved back to be near my sister and I, and I felt it was important to have a fiduciary working on his stuff. That isn't uncommon either. No, it's not. And actually, that one, I would say, is becoming more and more common. Oftentimes, by the way, this is clients that you know are in those retirement years, and now they're bringing their parents and they're saying, hey, can you help? This is a really satisfying area for me in particular to work. A couple of reasons. Number one, Because they're working with a fiduciary, we can really help them kind of stay out of harm's way. This is where there is the possibility of making really bad mistakes or being taken advantage of. You don't want that to happen. And number two, the peace of mind that comes with somebody helping them consolidate, clean up, organize, know what's going on, know where things are headed, and therefore being prepared for the transitions that are going to come at some point in our lives. We want to meet you
0: where you're at for investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button and start the wealth metric process. Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Saturday, the 20th, bottom of the hour. Let's get caught up and go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Time for Ask Annex. As always, get a question for us. You head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask tab. And as always, if we can help you, just click that Get Started button. Sarah Kyle's in the studio, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Hello. Hello, Danny. Matt Morsey is Investment Team Manager. Welcome. Hey, Danny. Our first one is from Ken. Thanks for the show. I always enjoy listening. You speak often of Roth IRAs and Roth conversions. When is a Roth IRA not a good idea?
4: Deciding when to open one and when to do Roth conversions takes some planning. The Roth IRAs are primarily designed to be long-term retirement savings vehicles. So I wouldn't suggest opening one with money that you need within five years because that growth will be taxed. You can take out contributions to a Roth IRA tax-free anytime, but that Roth needs to be open five years before growth comes out tax-free as well.
0: Next up is from Ted. Should I be invested in all 11 sectors?
5: Yeah, it's a great question and something that we talk about a lot internally within the investment committee. You know, when we look at the different sectors that are out there, you really do want exposure to all of them, because not only do you want the exposure, because you don't know what's going to do well necessarily over different time frames. You know, take energy for an example. Energy fell down to as low as about 2% of the s and a couple of years ago, but it's now been the best performing sector over the last two years, and it's back to almost 5%. You know, so those weightings ebb and flow over time, so you really don't want to stay away from them. But also, just the effect of staying away from a sector or two might mean that you're way over-concentrated in another area that of the market, too, that you you don't want to. It's another risk to look at.
0: Is there always a dog somewhere in the 11?
5: It's always something. There's always okay. something that's outperforming, and something that's under. But you certainly want to watch out to make sure that you're not in the wrong ones
0: there. It's Ask Annex. Next up, Anonymous. What's a mutual fund tax bomb? How do I avoid it?
5: Yeah, mutual fund tax bomb is essentially the idea that those funds are pooled investments from a lot of different investors. And somebody eventually has to get taxed on the capital gains that happen within those mutual funds. The fund itself doesn't. So what they do is at the end of the year, they see everyone that owns it and they distribute that capital gain out if there is any. So if you're holding that mutual fund in a taxable account, you're gonna all of a sudden get a distribution near the end of the year, and it's your share of those gains. So, but it's taxable to you. Now, a lot of times you're reinvesting those capital gain distributions back into it. So you're really not even seeing that money, but you still owe it taxes on it. So that's what they really refer to as a tax bomb. So the way to avoid it, in my opinion, is to make sure that you know what you own and where you own it. So whether it's a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, a lot of times you want to have actively managed funds in those types of accounts and maybe hold an ETF in the taxable account so you don't have that capital gain distribution.
4: Yeah, so we saw in 2021, right, lots of big distributions, capital gains distributions, not so much last year. Um, You can also avoid those fees by not purchasing the funds right before the distribution date. And then you can also consider tax-efficient funds.
5: Yeah, exactly. ETFs, tax-managed mutual funds, making sure you know when you're buying into a mutual fund are all great ideas to avoid that.
0: Next question on Ask Annex is anonymous. Is paying extra on my mortgage a way of investing? I say it is. My coworkers disagree.
4: Well, paying off your mortgage early can be seen as a form of investing, but I would say it's more along the lines of financial planning. You made the investment when you purchased the house. How and when you pay it off is more along the lines of financial planning.
0: Next up on Ask Annex, it's anonymous. Last week, you said passive funds might be only rebalanced once a year. Did I hear that correctly?
5: Yeah, certainly. And it really depends on what type of passive vehicle that you have. Now, keep in mind that keyword there is passive. So it's not an active manager trying to beat an index. They're just trying to match the index. So they're really only going to make changes when the index does. And a lot of them only do make changes to that index by adding new stocks or taking away stocks or bonds once a year. And in that case, that ETF is going to duplicate that. They're going to go ahead and make that change. Now, some funds are like equal weighted funds, and they might do it quarterly. Because they need to trim off the gains and then buy some of the ones that that have lost during that time period to keep that equal weight in mind. But if you have a market cap index and you have a stock that keeps going up, it's never going to sell because it's trying to match what that index is.
0: Hey, got a question. I'm seeing a ton and hearing a ton of ads for precious metals. And you can buy the coins. You can buy the ingots or whatever they are. You can buy shares. What's the way you usually see it done?
4: Well, we usually recommend actually buying the miners not the physical gold. Because you think about it, what if you bought a ton of gold bars, where do you store them? Or if you pay somebody to store them for you, there's high fees involved. So you typically see a lot of commercials when there's volatility in the market. You see all the silver commercials, the gold commercials. They aren't giving you those coins and those bars or whatever for free. There's always a fee associated with them. So just be wary of that. And I would just say the most convenient way would be to play it via the miners. How do you feel, Matt?
5: I'm certainly not a proponent of trying to buy that, especially off the commercials, because they certainly are going to have high fees and markups as a part of that process. And like you said, not only do you have to store it, but now you want to get cash for it. So now you got to find someplace to go deliver it and and sell it back to, which is going to cost you an additional set of fees that's really high. So finding an ETF or a mutual fund that either tries to track the performance of a specific uh, metal that you're looking for. Or you said like companies like gold miners or silver miners that are actually involved in the production of it is another way to gain exposure. Mm-hmm. But I'm always thinking is myself, if I want to get out of this, how am I going to do that and what's it going to cost me? So whatever the easiest way to do that is the route I'm going to go.
4: Yeah, and I could never just see taking those silver coins to the grocery store <laughs> and paying for something with them.
0: <laughs> I just want it like in the movies where you open a vault and that light shines in and just glints. Scrooge yeah. McDuck,
5: he's diving and swimming <laughs> through
0: the coins, exactly. right? Exactly. Exactly. Matt Morsey, Investment Team Manager, thank you. Thank you. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management, thank you.
4: You're welcome, Danny.
0: Ever feel like downshifting a little? Maybe not working quite so much? How about trying out retirement part-time? We're going to talk about it next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 620 WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Hi. A lot of talk about people retiring early. We also hear stories about people regretting retiring early. Do you need to go from straight up working to entirely retired? Maybe not. Maybe what you need to consider is trying it on, maybe on a part-time basis. Maybe you can call it retirement dating. And that's what we're going to talk about. Before any of these steps are in place, you got to have a plan in place.
6: You absolutely do. You need to understand your cash flows, your resources, the viability of those resources to be able to work in a tax efficient manner on your behalf.
0: First suggestion for people trying retirement on in a part-time basis, try out different retirement destinations. I know you've kind of dug into this.
6: Yeah, I really have. So especially as we get closer to a transition like retirement, we might have this vision that starts to blossom and come into fruition of what we imagine our retirement might be like. We see ourselves there. You know, Maybe we've communicated that with a life Partner, maybe we haven't. If we haven't, never is too late to start that communication. (laughs) But if it involves something dramatically different than the current situation, like a change in locale, then you really need to give that some thought and try it out. And not necessarily as a tourist going to a resort and spending a week there, really immerse yourself in that different location. So you're checking out the social environment, the weather, the viability, and the closeness of the resources you need. Like, how easy is it to get your groceries. What's the accessibility to your health care? How are the roads if you have to drive to and from every day on this road? You know, so really checking that out. I can't tell you how many clients I've heard that have gone to different locations. And within a couple years, they said, you know what, I had no idea the traffic was this bad, or I had no idea it would be such a a terrible plane ride just for my family to come or me to see them, and they end up moving again.
0: Next up, if you're thinking about trying out retirement on a part-time basis, play around with how you're gonna use your free time, and that is a big challenge.
6: Yeah, it's how you're going to fill those 40 hours that you used to spend at work and what you see yourself doing doing? Are you the babysitting grandparent? And if so, what's the balance of family time and you time, right? Are you the person who likes to volunteer all the time? And what does that look like? Does taking up a hobby you never had before, when you were working, make your soul sing? The thing about that, that we have to be careful of in this case is, sometimes we if you're an A type personality, especially dive into that hobby full time, and all of a sudden, it can feel like work. How about your gardening thing? All the time. You know, so this is interesting, Danny. So I'm a master gardener volunteer. I thought this would be what I'd want to do in retirement. And I'm a ways off in retirement. But I went ahead and got my certification while I'm still working because I found that I took a look at my budget and I was spending so much money on my own garden and I had to do some soul searching and say, is it about my garden or just gardening? And I realized that I could volunteer. That made me happy to a public ground. I could see the fruition. I was doing the act. That was it. Hey, saves my budget and kind of taught me a little lesson about balance too for the future.
0: Interesting. You mentioned budget. There's another suggestion is to try living with your retirement budget ahead of time. Why is that important?
6: You know, so no, one miscalculation that we do tend to see are people thinking they're going to spend less in retirement. I mean, who really wants to cut back on their lives all of a sudden when they've got this extra time? So looking at resources, what they've saved, income and what they have left over, and maybe if they wanna leave anything for future generations, set your goals first. Understanding this exercise and knowing what you can spend is actually a powerful exercise. It gives you a powerful advantage when you're planning for retirement. It builds you up for success because you can make choices based upon what you can spend. Now, people who start thinking about who they want to be, what they want to do, where they want to do it, who they want to do it with, it really empowers them with knowing they have the resources and they tend to start their transition into retirement on a happier note or at least a less frustrating one.
0: Remember, happy retirement, like a happy relationship, it takes soul searching. You mentioned that earlier. That's a conversation that we have with all of our clients. What is it that you want? What, what is it that's important to you?
6: Absolutely. We're not retiring from something. We're retiring to something. And this is important no matter what age you are. You know, we have an awful lot of 40-somethings that are doing the FIRE method and want to retire early as well. Then they've got even more decades of what am I going to do to make me happy? So this is a much deeper, holistic conversation than just, am I going to run out of money?
0: You know, I just read a piece recently, you know, there's this huge thing called the great resignation. That's people that retire early and then it has turned into the great regret. And you don't want
1: that.
6: No, you definitely don't want that. And we all know people, too, who have worked, 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 retired, and then passed away because they have no goals, no ideals, nothing to look forward to. So we are a social race, the human beings. We need, again, to have something to dream for, to think about, to long for, to want to do.
0: Have you heard the stories of people that have retired and then regretted it?
6: Yeah. Or, you know, also they've hugged onto their dream no matter what. Like we have people who say, "Okay, I'm done now. I'm getting that boat. I'm getting that RV. And they sell their house. They immerse themselves fully in this. Well, kudos for them. But then they find out, oh, gosh, I'm a little seasick or that (laughs) RV breaks down all the time. I don't want to do this. Or it's hard to get my mail. Or now I can't see my kids. So that's why picking a location, finding a lifestyle and testing the water kind of dating it a little bit to and through the transition of retirement can really help you settle into a happier future
0: it's important folks get a plan investment retirement planning tax planning estate planning that's what we do as a fee-only fiduciary know the difference our website annexwealth.com click that get started button start that wealth metric process deanne phillips director of client learning development cfp cdfa at annex wealth management thank you
6: hey thanks for having me
0: Let's talk about locations because we got a bunch. We want to make it really easy for you to meet with us. We are in Elm Grove, Lake Country, Mequon, Appleton, downtown Milwaukee, right inside the Fister, Madison, Naples, Florida, Libertyville, Illinois, or as close as your computer. Just click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. Back in a bit on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick reminder, this show is going to be on Spotify at the top of the hour. If you came in partway through it or if you want to hear the whole thing again, that's great. It's available as a podcast. I'm Danny Clayton. Now joined in the studio by Mark Beck, our chief growth officer. Hello. How there? Amy Kiskola, a wealth strategist and estate planning attorney. Welcome to you.
7: Thank you.
3: you
0: got some interesting stuff to talk about.
3: We certainly do. You know, estate planning and tax planning, two topics we've been spending a lot of time with clients on lately. And there's a couple of really good reasons for that. One is there have been a lot of rule changes that impact tax planning. And number two is there are also a certain set of rules that we call the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that is set to sunset at the end of 2025 therefore reverting to old rules starting in 2026. This has implications not only for your income tax, but a significant potential cliff in terms of estate tax. And it deals with the exemption amount that's applicable for those folks that have accumulated fairly substantial estates. And it requires some advanced planning, potentially, if this really comes to fruition. So Amy, let's talk a little bit about you know what we're talking about here in terms of the setback that potentially occurs. And then we can talk about some strategies that People could start to consider.
7: So currently, uh, we can, each of us can leave almost $13 million worth of assets either during our lifetime or at our, or at our death without paying any gift or estate tax. That's a pretty big amount. Now, Beginning in 2026, if the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act sunsets as it's scheduled to be, what's going to happen is that that exemption amount is going to get cut roughly in half. So it might be closer to six to seven million at that point. So, yes, for clients that have accumulated some significant wealth, that can be a really big deal.
3: In the setback from, you know, almost 13, you know, and we're going to head back to probably six-ish in that ballpark. So, significantly more people would then be subject to the potential to pay estate tax, right? So, now we start to think about, well, what are some strategies that we could put in place now to potentially get ahead of this issue, right? So, One of the ways we think about that is, is there a technique by which we could lock in this higher exemption amount that's currently in place? And there is one possibility we could consider.
7: There is. It is called a Spousal Lifetime Access Trust. It's also affectionately known as a SLAT. That's the acronym. And what it is, it's a way to use some of that large exemption amount that we have right now by making gifts today, but still giving some flexibility to our planning.
3: So the gift locks in the exemption amount because we made that gift now. We would file the appropriate gift tax return to memorialize this in the eyes of the IRS. And the way that this can be really beneficial is between married spouses.
7: That's right. That's right. So let's assume for the example, Mark, that we're married. Uh, What I can do is I can set up a trust, an irrevocable trust. I can make a large gift up to that roughly $13 million exemption if I really wanted to and put it into that trust where you in fact can be one of the beneficiaries of the trust. So what I've done is I've locked in that exemption amount today, made the gift, but still given us some flexibility because you have the ability to have some level of access over those assets.
3: So I can potentially use the assets or the income and maintain my lifestyle and, you know, for my health and maintenance and wealth and those sorts of things.
7: You can, you can. Now, keep in mind, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get assets out of our estate. So we're probably going to want to use our other bucket of assets that would otherwise be subject to tax. But you're right, if we need to, you can tap into that, that slat.
3: Most beneficial if I don't need to use that money, because then we've transferred that all and it stays inside that trust and hopefully grows from this point forward, right? And the true benefit is the fact that we have utilize the high exemption amount to make that gift into the trust now while that is still in place.
7: Yes. And the, be- the benefit, you mentioned married couples, you can actually set one of those up for me so that, that I also have that access. We don't know what life's going to bring. We don't know who's going to die first. Um, so having, that, having each spouse have that level of access can be, can be beneficial. And you have to be real careful, like the IRS wants to make sure you followed certain formalities and don't make it too similar. Uh, but certainly with really careful planning, that can be done
3: imperfect example of the types of in-depth planning that we're do with that segment of clients where The estate and the financial issues and the tax issues reach a certain degree of complexity where we need to surround them with a team that can execute on these types of advanced strategies.
0: Amy Kiskala, a wealth strategist and an estate planning attorney, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Mark Becker, Chief Growth Officer, thank you. Glad to be here. Complex stuff we're talking about, but you know what? Life is complex, situations are complex. You need a really strong guide to get you through. It's Annex Wealth Management. Click that Get Started button. For the next six months, the next year and beyond. Let's get you ready for it. See what we can do for you. See you next Saturday at 10. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 620 WTMJ.